You are listening to episode 22. This episode is brought to you by my new one-on-one coaching program, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. In the coaching sessions with me, I will show you how to optimize your LinkedIn profile so that you stand out to your target audience and you give them the messages that you want them to hear so that you attract the customers that you want and deter the ones that you really don't. Secondly, we're going to look at strategic connections and how to get those connections, how to get those high ticket clients that you are looking for. And we're going to also join strategic groups. Thirdly, we're going to work together and figure out your branding and your content strategy so that whether you are with me or whether you move on, you will have a strategy in place that is effective and efficient and dynamic to attract your prospects. And finally, we're going to work together on goals and objectives to make sure you are hitting those monthly goal and objectives for the next year. And if you're more of a DIYer, I am actually starting a wait list to create a class with these core principles in place as well so that you can learn as you go and do it yourself. If you want more information about this, I have a link for it in the show notes. And now we'll go back to the show. How do you raise the next generation of overcomers? Well, that is what Cheryl Nemhar does every single day. After overcoming adversity in her own life, she is now leading on a national level where she leads ministry groups, media groups, and social advocacy groups as well. I cannot wait for you to hear about her story and her journey on today's episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Bayan. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Okiki podcast. And today I have an amazing guest. Her name is Cheryl Nemhard. And not only does she inspire me as someone going after her passions, but uh, she inspires me as a person of faith as well. I first heard her at the Sisterhood worship night and I was mind blown (laughs) by her (laughs) presentation. (laughs) I really was. Uh, she's just such a gifted speaker, and she has just a natural way of really communicating um, the love of Christ, even throughout our journey. So thank you so much for being here on the Okiki podcast, Cheryl. I'm so excited to be here, and I, I was so uh, honored to have met you and connect with you a little bit while we were in Saskatoon. This is just the beginning. <laughs> 
Thank you so much. It, the honor is definitely mine. And I wanted you to, yeah, tell us about your journey because I know uh, it touched me so much. And I know the people listening to my podcast will get so much value just from knowing you and knowing your heart. So, um, yeah, can you tell us your journey and the season of your life that kind of brought you to finding your purpose today? Yeah, um, you know, there's there's a there's a phrase that I always use that says I am I don't look like what I've been through, and I feel like that's the place that you know I'd love to see in my heart every person get to, that um, that they don't wear their pain, you mm. know, um, that they uh, have come through on the other side stronger, better, um, you know, uh, closer to God more resolved. Um, And so that that's kind of my journey right now is that I'm on the other side of it. But I definitely don't look like what I've been through. You know, um, uh, you're you're looking at someone who's been uh, sexually molested for an extended period of time as a young child. um, And with that pain, and I always love to teach this, if I may, um, I was a very broken, very traumatized, you can only imagine, uh, young Mm -hmm. child. And I did not speak about it. I did not share the, the, the horrible, dirty secret. Um, I felt a lot of shame around it, which is very uh, common and normal, um, mm-hmm. but wrong because uh, it, the shame wasn't mine to carry. It was nothing I had done. And so with all of this um, what, you know, pain that I was carrying, what compounded it, was the not sharing, was the, was the silencing, was the bottling yeah. up of all of my emotions. And mm-hmm. I always say pain left unchecked, unresolved, unworked through, yeah. it, it, it manifests, it shifts, it morphs into anger. And so mm. uh, many times you'll see a direct connection. Some really angry people in your life are the most broken, most wounded and so that was me. I was, you know, and hurt people hurt people. And so I mm-hmm. became quite violent and angry and joined a gang at 13 and gangbanged for three years and um, was just doing a lot, a lot of self-destructive behavior because uh, mm-hmm. I just didn't care anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and at 16, uh, unfortunately, I suffered uh, an assault from some members mm-hmm. of my gang. And that really spiraled me. That that took me on a loop for about another three years. Mm. And um, from about 16 to 19, I was uh, on and off the street and running away and back and forth and um, just really self-destructive. Got into drugs and alcohol, was making wrong choices, um, suicidal, depressed, like just a wreck. And, um, and I was actually... Uh, witnessed to or reached out to um, by a community worker, someone wow. who, um, what we would call an urban missionary, who uh, feels like their their mission field is just like, you know, the, the, the hard streets, the ghetto, you know, the tough, tough places in, in every uh, province or town or wherever we live. And so this person made it a point to go to all the rough areas and I uh, felt really drawn to me and felt a call, a, a deep prompting or leading, if you will, to uh, not give up on me. And I'm so glad that they didn't. Yeah. So because that's of that, cool. I'm standing here today. And so I, I, in a nutshell, and that's just sort of top level, but 
I turned all of that around, the drugs, the alcohol, the suicide, the, you know, the, uh, the like abortions, like horrible, like horrible choices that I made, turned it all around and dedicated my life to reaching out to the very same people that uh, I once was. Because I think sometimes we are, um, sometimes we are called to what we go through. Hmm. And that's a big thought there. Yeah. <laughs> I just got like, mm-hmm. <laughs> You have to quote that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, yeah, just so many good points in there and how we uh, can carry our shame, especially when something has been done to you that we think we, it's like ours to carry, like our, um, I don't want to use the word fault, but like almost burden, like our responsibility to carry this. And so mm-hmm. I love how you, kind of um walked us through that and so yeah then you had an encounter with the lord and and you felt like okay you know i know this like i know this experience i can also um help others who are in this experience um but you know like we see cheryl today and we see who you become and and this leader and all these amazing um, ministries that you're running and honestly looking at you I would never know that you've yeah. gone through all that. Yeah. So I guess my question is um, for some of the people listening who are like, wow, that's mm-hmm. amazing. She can go from point mm-hmm. A to point B and she's doing so well now. Mm-hmm. Um, how did she get there? Yeah. How, how yeah, did you actually heal? Yeah, because it's, it, you know, it's, um, it's very easy to say like, oh, I, I made it out. Yeah, like how? There are people <laughs> that are in it right now that are like, how did you do that? Um, number one, God, number one, the love of God reached out to me, um, literally restored me and healed all of the brokenness in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding community um, through the, the church that I had stumbled into, literally stumbled into mm-hmm. uh, one Sunday night um, after finally saying yes uh, to an invitation to just like come to a church and, and hear good music and, and, you know, be uplifted. And I was like, no, 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 no. Finally saying, yes, I went. And, um, you know, that was the beginning of my life. That was the start, the restart of it. And I never looked back. And so I would say connect, and this is a good sort of short list for people that are broken or maybe feeling stuck. Uh, reconnection to God is key. It's number one. Um, He's the source of joy and love and peace. And if you need some of those things, it's like a gas station. It's like a fueling station. If you need fuel, you go to the fueling station. If you need love, you go to the source. Who is the source of love? Well, the Bible says that God is love. And so I, I, I ran to God and then being around community, God's people, um, feeling like family, being loved on, like being like gently poured back into and, and um, letting my walls down, learning to trust people. But then the third thing, which is the key thing, which took many years, was deep emotional healing. Mm-hmm. And that can take many forms. Um, it looks like therapy. It looks like um, uh, a group sessions. It looks like... Um, maybe a narcotics group. It looks like uh, recovery groups. Um, It it, it can look like um, 
it can look like gathering with a group of people and really like doing life together and having an accountability group. Like I'm not good today and I feel like I wanna use today. And like, I've had all of those different kinds of groups in my life, um, but the most life-changing of all was um, being willing to go on a deep emotional healing journey with God. And so by doing that, by digging in and literally surrendering and saying, you know what, I white flag, I've tried it many ways, I'm done you take over it was like god was like great i've been waiting <laughs> could you could you just move out of the way just to the right please thanks and just jumped right in and took me on this incredible journey and all of the learnings all of the healing all of the work um the shedding the releasing i i've been able to sort of encapsulate it not only in my ministry, but in a particular program that I run called the Lighthouse Project, which is an emotional healing program. And so I, I just, am a, I'm a big believer that once you, those that, that, that know, those that come into a knowing must teach, you know, uh, we have a duty that's called being a lighthouse. You know, think about a lighthouse uh, shining light on rocks so that other people traveling don't crash. So I just, I've spent my life um, not only ministering to at-risk youth, ministering to all, I call them all my exes, ex-gang bangers, ex-drug addicts, <laughs> ex-prostitutes, but, but speaking to broken, hurting uh, people and mm. saying, look, here, here's what worked for me. I'm not an expert. I'm not a pro, but here's what worked for me. And I think that that sometimes is one of the most powerful ways we can teach is through mm. our own experience. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so through that healing journey and realizing, yeah, okay, I have this. And now this is what I can offer to people. This is what I have. Like, you're just kind of open to it. This is what I have. This is what I can give. Mm -hmm. um, I guess in a practical sense too, um, did you have to do extra training, I guess, to get into some of the fields that you were entering knowing that okay this is kind of like the big vision of this restorative ministry that I have in mind mm -hmm. yeah well I went to bible college and got my bachelor's of religious education there and also got a, a a double degree in music I've always had a passion for theater I did a lot of musical theater courses and um, stumbled into film and just fell in love and did a lot of um great college, like online courses, training, um, was on set several, like for several years, just being in the shadows, learning. And I think sometimes, you know, uh, people want to run before they can, <laughs> before they can even crawl or walk. And so I just, I learned, I became a sponge. And so I, what was interesting was that I found myself at this crossroads. So here's this sort of, um, you know, Bible college graduate, uh, should be going into some sort of like ministry type thing, has a has a skill and a passion for music and theater and film. What, how, where does this, how do you make this all happen? <laughs> um, I felt like there was no place for me. I, I you know, I looked around, I looked around at, at, at the landscape of my country and I felt like I, I was a, uh, a rogue, uh, you know, a, a on the fringe. 
there wasn't a lot of people that either A, were doing media ministry or arts ministry or understood it for what I knew it could be. Hmm. And so um, it, it, was, it was interesting because in many spaces, I felt like the first of my kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. And I guess along that line, I kind of have like two sides to this question, but um, you were wanting to use these ministries to reach um, those specific groups that were dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. And then you're also dealing with the fact that you're kind of like pioneering something or it's very innovative um, for the field of ministry. So I guess um, I wanted to ask, what were your biggest obstacles in going back to the people that you really felt you could help? And then also trying to launch this ministry that was so new. How did you kind of make people aware that this was a resource that they could really use? Yeah. Um, so um, I, I, I found I have, a, I have such a burden for community and for um, at-risk youth and troubled youth. And so I just started to appeal to community groups and children's missions groups um, about how I could come alongside, how I could help by bringing art to their programming. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, of the, one of the big organizations that I ended up uh, being a part of was Toronto City Mission. And they're the oldest missions organization for children like in Canada, period. And so it was really cool that I could... Um, bring my artistic, um, you know, muscle and create stuff like that for them. Um, That started to spin out into other programming and other communities. And then I started to get in, in, started to get into the school system. And then um, there was a direct cool connection. And then, oh gosh, and then I started to run arts camps. So running arts camps every summer um, and community programming and being in schools, arts programming, and then um, that actually morphed into like assemblies where I actually would do a theatrical presentation for schools and that just took off. And, and there was this cool connection that I started to see that the most broken and the most wounded were the most gifted, like mm-hmm. artistic and brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so where they would clam up and shut down and, 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 and like b- block the world out Art was the one thing that they'd lower their 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 cage for, you know, like their their wall for, mm-hmm. that they would come out, um, and they and they would sing and they would act and they would write and do poetry, like on a level that you're thinking like, you've studied <laughs> this, like you know, like you've yeah. been doing this all your life, and um, I just saw a direct connection. I knew that I had to give them a platform, give them a stage. Um, a space where they can heal. And so I launched um, my for-profit and not-for-profit companies. My for-profit is Exusi Media Group, which is a theater company, and and we do theater and media on that side. And then EMG Education, where we're in the school systems doing work, but just giving them space um, to talk about the things that matter to them and create in the way that that was healing. And uh, it's been an amazing journey um, I've, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of uh, teenagers come through this cool ministry and the healing that they've experienced has been incredible. That's amazing. And I love how there was actually a link between you trying to help 
and then yeah. actually presenting this to the world. I, I, I never knew the link would be so um, strong. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah. And so, and so now it's cool because, you know, when people were seeing film, when they see films that I do or see a play that I do n- nine times out of 10, it's populated by and, and casted by at-risk youth or kids that have crazy stories, hmm. you know? And so they're, they're acting from a very real place. They're singing from a very real place. It's not pretending for them. That's so beautiful. What were you hoping to offer to the world through these ministries that you started. And I kind of wanted to add to this, what was the biggest surprise for you in in starting this ministry? Um, What was I hoping to offer to the world? Um, I wanted to offer an authentic voice that actually spoke and represented the demographic that the church claims that they are after or have a heart for. Um, And it was interesting because I was just so tired of watching um, people in the church talk about, oh, we've got to reach the lost. We've got to reach the hurting. We've got to reach the broken. And and I'm like, well, nobody's moving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're just doing a lot of talking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I wanted to not only reach them with, with something that I knew, like arts is that thing. It's like, it's like the Pied Piper. Kids just gravitate. They don't want to hear. They're so tired of the talk, 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 but show them a movie, have a discussion afterwards, um, ask them to do a skit. Um, hey, let's, let's write something about, you know, what you've been through. Anyone here been in a gang, come out of a gang? What did it take? Like, let's show, you know, let's create something about that. And and so engaging them that way, but then, but then sharing that and saying, hey, church, can I show you something? This is what it really looks like out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how we can make a difference out there. And so um, all of the stuff that I write has this cool redemption or this, mm-hmm. like, this narrative of like where the church could be a really good resource or, or place of rescue. I feel like we need to do more of being the church than being church mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. and i'm just i'm just committed to loving those people on the fringe like i because i i'm still i feel like i'm still one of them to be quite honest mm. Mm. but i also love the fact that you get to show them what a redeemed version of that looks like exactly. because kind of like you're saying um you know, they probably see the church as like all these perfect people mm-hmm. and it's really, we're all redeemed people, but it's really hard if they, they feel like they don't measure up or they can't even identify Exactly. and, it, and they need to know what does it look like to be redeemed? Like, can I actually be that person that I, I hope that listen? I and, and so just one more thing. And so my, so the ministries, um, you know, and we could talk about all the different things that I do but all of them are not geared. I like, I don't want perfect people. Like I, I, I gear my ministry for the most broken, the most hurting uh, people that have come out of the most stuff that feel the most stuck. I just, I just feel like there's gotta be ministry for those people, people that you would think you really want me. And I'm like, yeah, I, I really yeah. want you, you know? Um, and so even the lighthouse project, um, 
it's a, it's a 12 week program. It's online. So you can, mm. anyone can do it from anywhere in the world. Um, and it's, it literally walks you step by step through the process of emotional healing. Mm. And it's like, bring all of the broken pieces and let's, let's see what God will do with all of it. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so to talk about that too, um, because I do want the audience to know the different types of ministries that you have. So I don't, uh, don't know if you mind sharing with us, what are the different projects you've started and what initiatives did you take to actually create those brands? Yeah, so... Um... You know, um, the first thing is Exusia Media Group, and it's it's a, a Christian theater and media company, and we do um, plays, theater proper. Um, we do uh, films, short films. Uh, we're working on a web series right now, so we do a lot, lots of creative content. Um, EMG Education is an educational theater company. We work with students and uh, children in the community. So that looks like um, assemblies, it looks like after-school programming, it looks like um, arts camps in the summer, March break camps, anytime that we can gather kids, we go into low-income areas and just like love on these kids and bring like the best, best dancers, the best singing instructors, the best actors, people that will take time off of their schedule in the city and just pour into these kids and just kind of ignite them and see, see what they gravitate to. It's, 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 um, it's definitely for someone who's like, I, I, I think I like art. I don't know. And like, here's <laughs> yeah. a buffet, right? Yeah. Like, what do you like? Instruments, music, singing, dancing, acting, like, you know, spoken word, all of it. And uh, so that's, that's the not-for-profit. And then I have a speaking ministry, uh, which mm -hmm. is just Cheryl Nemhart speaking. And um, that you know, I've been really blessed uh, to be able to travel, you know, all of North America with that. Um, and that, you know, that has its own life. People just book me to speak, <laughs> share my story. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm really called. I feel like I, if anyone's interested, I don't want to be like widespreading. I'm very focused on women and youth. Mm. That's really mm. where my heart is for that. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and then I, you know, I, I've got the Lighthouse Project, which is um, an emotional healing program, and that's a, a virtual online program. Um, all of that's on the website there. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching um, for people that feel like they just need a bit more intentional, like um, a, a journey uh, partner to, to kind of work through stuff. Um, and then I, I, and then outside of that. I now sit on boards and do intentional work with other organizations. So one of them is um, World Vision, Power of Her. Wow. I sit on the steering committee for that. And that is reaching now uh, girls. It's, it's really uh, an incredible, you know, female-focused initiative, uh, reaching girls for education, uh, for health, and to help against, uh, you know, gender-based violence. And mm -hmm. so that's global and that's mm -hmm. really cool. And then uh, Brave, Brave Global is an incredible organization that I'm also a part of. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I sit on the, the board for that. And that is for at-risk girls ages 12 to 18. And Brave Global 
really focuses, oh my goodness, they have chapters in India, in Congo, in um, wow. all throughout the States, in Canada, and they really are trying, um, their focus is to kind of really grab these girls, these, these you know, at the fringe, uh, high-risk girls, and prevent them from being trafficked, mm-hmm. from um, being, um, uh, you know, picked up or, or um, uh, abused in any way. It's yeah. about instilling value, instilling worth, mm-hmm. um, healing, um, letting them know that they are incredibly gifted, that they have a purpose, and um, that, you know, their destiny is just being, like, their story is just being written. Right. That's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing that because I know um, the audience will be be very curious what you're into. And <laughs> like I said, Cheryl's in, into so many ministries. So she's really taking her story and her purpose and, and creating a lot of impact in, in so many different ways. And if some of you listening today feel like you could even utilize some of those resources, um, mm-hmm. I definitely encourage you. We'll have her site, of course, in the show notes. And I guess we're already at our last question, which makes me sad because I really enjoy this. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot a ministry, and if I don't say the ministry, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I got to oh, say, yeah, go ahead. Uh, involved with a great initiative called Women Speaker Collective, and okay. that is, um, and that is for women who have come through, come out. Um, you know, they're they're growing, they're getting some um, some uh, maturity, some depth, and they feel like they're called to speak but they they don't know the first steps of that they don't feel like they have a voice or maybe they have they felt like their voice has been silenced and they're Mm. looking for a place where they're they can be affirmed they can be taught and instructed and this is for anyone that feels like they have a story to tell Mm. or share they feel like a platform is being formed around them like they're like oh something's happening or they feel like man my heart is really beating to speak right mm. so it's about giving women their voice very cool yeah just, yeah that's awesome as well. okay. and check there we go <laughs> yeah so i guess finally i wanted to ask you what do you value the most about the leadership um, position that you find yourself in today yeah um you know, it's so funny. I was I was speaking with a a, a friend of mine recently, and um, she she brought something to my attention that I wasn't quite aware of. I felt it, but I wasn't sure. And she says, "You know, I I've kind of combed from one one corner of our nation to the other, and I don't know of uh, they said any, but I don't. I'm not sure, but of many, you know, African Canadian, black." Mm-hmm female uh leaders of faith in the nation yeah like a faith a voice of faith like a national leader and I was like what and I couldn't believe it and I tried to check and check and I was like yeah it's very it's there's it's a ghost town and so (laughs) (laughs) so why am I saying that because I feel like I feel like my duties as a leader are 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 always split in two always split into I feel like there's two worlds that I live in two platforms that I'm on two campaigns I'm always advocating one is obviously being a female in this nation being a female speaker um, preacher I would say you know people love to be more comfortable by saying oh 
she's just the speaker, teacher, you know, I'm a preacher called by God. And um, <laughs> you're just gonna have to get used to that. And, mm-hmm. and the other is um, being a black female, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a, with a national platform to speak and to, uh, you know, call things out and affect change. I feel like I, I feel like I have to, I'm always advocating Hmm. and that can be a bit exhausting. I feel like I'm always Hmm. advocating, advocating for equality, for equity, advocating for diversity and inclusion. Hmm. If it's, if it's not to, um, you know, to, to not be diminished in one area, it's to not be ignored in the other or disrespected Hmm. in the other. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I don't know if that answers your question, but as a leader, uh, there's some wonderful pluses of that. But because I am a black female, it it feels more like a weight, like a responsibility. Mm. And I feel like I need to be honest with that because we we want to talk about all the wonderful, amazing bla- people that are blazing trails, but it it takes it takes so much muscle, time yeah. to to blaze this trail to carve down trees, to make it easier for your generation and all of you incredibly bright people that are coming up that are going to take over this nation. Somebody had to take the blows first. And, you know, Mm. and it's, it's, it's been an interesting journey. One I'm so thankful for, so Mm -hmm. privileged to be a part of, but um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, to be the only female in a room, or to be the only black female in a room, or to be the only black, period. Like there's always something. <laughs> there's always something that I'm the only of, right? Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see that change. Yeah. I actually love your answer just because, I mean, <laughs> some of you ha- didn't see this, but when Cheryl came to my city, um, one of my friends Listen. got very excited about that. Yeah, and I talk about it. Coming, she was like, Yes, this dude's gonna talk. We have to make sure we do a photo shoot with all of them. <laughs> and it was actually a pretty surreal moment because you were in that. Can I, can I talk well. about that for 30 seconds? May I? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Go ahead. I, I just I feel like if anyone is still hanging into this conversation, they gotta they gotta hear this part. Um when I go to speak, you know, um, and 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 mind you, my ministry is still growing and forming and and so it gets busier and busier, and I'm so thankful. Like, hey, book me, right? Like, I, I'm here. I'm here, ready to work. And so when I travel, um, many times I go by myself. I'm in a hotel. I'm prepping. I'm, you know, just praying, reflecting, whatever I'm going to say. Then the moment happens. You know, you share. You try to be a super impactful. Make make a a, a really strong impact and have it touch hearts, change lives literally be a world transforming moment for someone and then you get on a plane you go home well this particular time I was in Saskatoon (laughs) I was not expecting anything out of the ordinary (laughs) sis and I got on that stage first of all I was greeted by people the love was overwhelming it was super authentic but afterwards two ladies young ladies said we want to do something very special with you do you can you come with us and I said, absolutely. And they said, we want to take a picture. Well, that's a normal thing, taking pictures. We, I do that all the time. And I, I've written a book. Oh my gosh, I didn't even talk about that. I'm going to slap my wrist for that. Wrote a book. <laughs> so I have a book that I authored called Brave, 
this is us. And yes. it's an interactive journal for girls ages 12 to 18, and it's available on any platform. Please feel free to grab it if you need it, if you want to, um, you know, just talk to your young girls about their identity and worth. Anyways, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to take a picture, sign some books, business as usual. I got out into the lobby and came around the corner and there was at least 40 to 50, like, black women. Yeah. Glow glowing faces like just lit up so excited to see me you were so excited <laughs> the reception I heard I heard my sister I'm so proud of you my family hey cuz like all kind and and we took this picture and to everyone else people stopped because it was incredible to see all of these black faces and mind you black uh, uh black history month had just ended yeah. And we were at the start, like literally the next day, the start of Women's History Month. It was yeah. this beautiful intersection. Mm -hmm. Well, what you didn't know is that I'm smiling in the photo, but I literally was crying tears of joy. Like I wow. had to, yeah, I stepped away. It was so emotional for me. I did not. Yeah. yeah I know for us, it was special because we're like, we're so just so special. proud of you. And then we're... We've been going to that church as, I guess, you know, as the minorities for a very long time. We never thought to actually do a collective picture like that just to, you know, celebrate ourselves. But it made more sense with you there because it was cool to see that you represented in that moment how we could be part of like Absolutely. that church ministry, you know, Absolutely. how we could also be part of what the body of Christ is doing. And it's not that the pastors have never been open to us sharing with them and but just part. what's possible like just yeah what's possible <laughs> and you know I was just about to take the photo and someone whispered in my ear you make us so proud and I was done <laughs> I was like I'm gonna have a meltdown in this place in Saskatoon this will be the day that Cheryl Demar <laughs> turned into a puddle of H2O um but you know what it just it, I, it, it was that moment that reaffirmed for me that I, you know, Maya Angelou said this, I, I come into the room as one, but I stand as 10,000. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole idea that I bring with me an entire generation of women. I bring with me an entire an ethnicity of women, a group of women, culture of women, like all of it. It's it's a it's a it's a big responsibility, and I don't take it lightly. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to say to thank you, Cheryl, for doing that. And um, obviously, in in light of what you said, being a leader, it is that twofold of the positive and um, you know the responsibility. Yeah, you know, like great power comes with great responsibility. So I think for you moving forward, just to know that we all are still so excited about you, that we support you. I'm sure someone will try and get you to come back. <laughs> and that just like prayerfully um, to support you too, as you move forward in your ministry in any capacity. I know um, Paula was one of the ladies that organized that. And like, we're all like so excited about whatever you're doing. So I knew from then I would 
follow you and, and see what you're up to with your ministry. And, and that's why I was so excited to do oh, this I'm, interview. Listen, this so. is, you're, you're not getting rid of me that easily. We're going to do more stuff together. <laughs> Yay, I'm so excited. <laughs> so I wanted to say for the audience today, I'm just really touched by um, you being willing to do this. Uh, you being willing to share your story. I definitely don't take it for granted. I know you do so many, as you all heard, so many ministries and so many things. So this is really special for me. And um, I know that you will all get a lot of value out of this too. So uh, we'll have um, links to all of Cheryl's activities in the show notes below. Thank you so much again, Cheryl. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Such a pleasure. <laughs>